0: How's bread baking? I'm in the middle of another round as we speak. Okay. Of course. How'd the last <laughs> loaf come out? Amazing. Okay, I, I need to send you some pictures of this. That way you can put it in show notes since bread is now starting to become our follow-up. Yeah, this is the bread podcast. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, I thought about it all week. I wanted to go
1: and uh, make some myself, but I started getting I started getting overwhelmed with the amount of flowers and rising agents that i needed to get so yes i i decided i'd just come back to it it didn't seem like the kind of thing that you decided in the grocery store
0: no that's the <laughs> the absolute worst place you could make that decision
1: <laughs> so i decided to come back to it later uh with a with a list in
0: hand but uh, by god i'm gonna make some bread joe okay all right go for it if you go the sourdough route it's more about tools than it is ingredients at least i found because for me it's just whole wheat flour and water that's literally all it is Oh, okay. Well, then I might need to check what I need, regardless. (laughs) I am doing it the absolute longest, most drawn-out, complicated way I think you possibly can. Yeah, I don't know if I can handle that. I think
1: I need like a one-and-done. You know, I stick it in the oven, it comes out bread. Bread machine level, like, flour,
0: water, come back?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, something. I don't know if I'm going to go buy a machine for it or not, but I need instant gratification. I'm not about this seven-day process vibe. When I was growing up, I would always go to this restaurant in Colorado that served flower pot bread. You ever
0: heard of that? I've heard the term. That's about as far as it goes.
1: I mean, it's, it's very self-descriptive, right? It was bread in a flower pot baked inside of a terracotta pot, and uh, they would just serve it to you at the table in the pot. And, ugh, it just was so good. Warm and really soft inside, and, ugh, I love it. I want to make something like that. You just can't get that with store-bought stuff, can you? You made me remember that reality.
0: No. I am aware of this because I'm about a day late getting this round of bread made, which meant that we used some store-bought bread for sandwiches last night. Not as good. I was not impressed. I was rather happy to have other things on the sandwich to actually bring flavor because it felt like the bread was just a carrier. It was very bland. Not fun. No. I didn't care for it. That's not good. We're not going to settle for that. It will ruin you.
1: (laughs) Okay, good to know. I'll be prepared. (laughs) Speaking of feeling ruined by something, I don't know how you feel about it, but I saw that you've been using Ulysses lately. Yes, I have. Which, by the way, that that raises a question for me, which is, what were you using before to write? Uh, Editorial. Editorial. But you you work on a Mac, so what were you using on the Mac? Uh, Sublime Text.
0: Okay. So, I mean, that's more of a coding type interface, right? Yes. Which is exactly why I used it because I am a developer. So that is what I use for writing code. Right. And I simply translated it with a file structure in Dropbox to do the same for all of my writing. Yeah. So now you've
1: moved on to a system built
0: just for writing text. How's that been for you? It's been kind of interesting. I've been trying to, to be honest with you, I've, after using Ulysses, so I'm now a paid member of Ulysses. So throw that out there. So you signed up for the subscription? I did. Uh, I really debated the set
1: app process to get it that's a mac app that's like a subscription for a bunch of apps at once right
0: correct and i may still do that but i i'm a little leery to do that because it would cost me quite a bit more to pay for subscriptions and buy a lot of these apps and i would almost rather do that just so that these developers aren't being shortchanged because i'm not real sure that set app is a good idea in the long run i don't really know how they're handling paying these developers out of that subscription it just makes me a little nervous. So it's $10 a month and you get all of
1: these app subscriptions or all these apps to use on a monthly basis for that, that single price, right? And Ulysses is part of that. Yes. What, what are some other ones? Do you know of any that are big? I can't think of any off the top of my head.
0: Uh, the one that sticks out, there's Gemini, which is like a file du- duplicate file finder and such. Uh, timing, which is kind of a, a way to track time. On your Mac. I'm forgetting what some of the other ones. There's things like Pagico. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. It's a lot of like utilities, right? I would say it's primarily
1: utilities. And if you sign up for Setapp for Ulysses, you end up getting
0: Ulysses for iOS kind of rolled into that, correct? I think so, yeah, because you have to have... It has to tell it on Ulysses servers that you're a paid, paid member. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that it, follow, it follows through, yeah. Interesting. Okay, but you subscribed through Ulysses, not SetApp for now. Yeah, I went I went the legit route. And here's kind of my thing. I and mean, not to say SetApp's not legit. It just, yeah, it's new. It's different. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what is it about Ulysses that's different than what I was doing with Sublime Text. Because to be honest with you, the layout is very similar. The text editor is almost identical to what I was used to in Sublime Text, especially whenever I convert it to dark mode, which every app should have dark mode. Every app should have dark mode. If you have dark mode, you should drop everything on your app and make dark mode. If this podcast is known for (laughs) one
1: thing, by God, it should be spreading the good word of dark mode to every developer that we we can possibly get our hands on.
0: Yes, absolutely. I don't want to be looking at a light bulb all day, make it dark. So first thing I do with new apps like that, switch it to dark mode. Uh, But I was trying to figure out what what is it about this that is different than sublime text. And to be honest with you, I don't have real clear answers on it other than it's easy to get new things created in it primarily from an iOS device. When it comes to the Mac, it's about the same for me. You know, it's command in, in Sublime Text, create a new text file. Like that's just the way it runs. So it's very quick and easy for me to do that and move files around, drag and drop. Very similar on the Mac. But something very interesting started to happen when I started in on the trial because I've got a number of things like taking my book notes in it, some podcast notes, putting quotes, my general text files. Like those sorts of things are pretty common. But I I found that whenever I get an idea for, say, a blog post article or something I'm going to write for Productivity Guild, like whenever I'm starting to write some of that stuff or even take, for example, I did devotions for our church staff meeting uh, yesterday as we're recording this, and I did the same thing. I created what would be like an article idea in Ulysses, put a bunch of my random ideas on it, moved it to like an edit folder where I polish it up put it into a final folder whenever I actually gave the devotion and then archive it when I'm done. Mm. And I could move it amongst folders, but I was able to use my phone and do that, which was kind of a big deal for me in that scenario because I really don't like having my laptop open whenever I'm presenting like that or talking in that form right? because it puts kind of this barrier between me and other people. So I, I guess what I'm getting at is the big shift was doing a lot of the, the pro-type features that I was doing in Sublime Text on the phone, which I was not expecting that to be <laughs> the selling point for me. I would say it was just moving things around on the phone that kind of moved me to that because it's it's not uncommon for me to get an idea on something or start collecting an, uh, a list of ideas for... A specific product, it's easier for me to get those in and out and around in Ulysses than it is, say, like a someday maybe list or a, translate that like just a random task list in OmniFocus. It's a lot easier to do that sort of thing. So I've just been surprised where I started using it as opposed to some of my other more techy pro stuff. It makes sense. Yeah. Did Did I hear that you set up a three bin system, the ideas, edit, publish type system in the for the hierarchy? Yeah, I think I stole that from Sean Blanc. Yeah, because he but. I, I say I stole it from him, but it was only because I watched his workflow video, and I've I've picked up the Learn Ulysses course, like most good Ulysses users should. Yeah, it's very good. And my my face is on the homepage. <laughs> so I had been using that very system in Sublime Text for I don't know a year and a half or something. Uh, I just hadn't thought to use it in Ulysses. So whenever he said that, and I actually whenever I saw it in his sidebar. I didn't even go to that part of the video to try to figure it out. I was like, oh, I know exactly how I could use that. I tend to use a four folder deal on it. Like I've got ideas, editing and publishing, and then I've got the archive that I hold for later. So that's, I end up using the four bin process.
1: When I saw an article by Sean Blanc recently on that three bin system, he attributed it to Jeff Goines, who's a writer that, yeah, Sean Blanc has, has liked for a long while.
0: Ah, oh, I didn't know that.
1: And I, I believe that he, you know, kind of talked about that writing system as something that he used. To, to really get stuff done. I believe what he does is every day he'll write in the idea bin and every day he'll write in the edit bin with the concept that something that is an idea today will be edited tomorrow and something that's an, an edited piece today will be published tomorrow. So you're always working on tomorrow's piece and today's piece at the same time which is interesting. I've been trying that lately myself. I, I really liked it. I'd never used it before. What I've started doing is I've started putting a lot more in the idea bin than I would have if I didn't have an idea bin, which I think is nice. You sort of feel free to just throw something in the idea bin and not have to finish it at that moment, where I think before when I didn't have something like that set up in my writing workflow, I would wait until I felt like I had an entire concept before even putting it in Ulysses. So it's, it's a cool idea. I like that a lot, and it's, it's interesting to hear that you use it as well.
0: Yeah I I tend to and again I've been using this for quite a while and I didn't know I don't know if I stole it for somebody I feel like I came up with it I I don't know maybe I stole it from somebody steal like an artist That's right I I tend to Whenever I get an idea for an article or something I want to write or something I want to do, and it doesn't have to be anything specific, like I want to write this specific thing for an email newsletter. Like I don't know what list I'm going to send it to, but it's a thing I would like to write for an email newsletter. Like sometimes I get those ideas and I dump it into that ideas bin. And when I commit to actually doing the thing, that's when I move it over to edit and start spelling out some more of the details. Right. And I try not to keep more than about four or five things in that edit bin at any time. And if I take the time to write at a certain point in the day, I go straight to edit. And that's where I spend my writing time. And I'm okay with shifting from piece to piece while I'm there and working on them. The goal is to just get whatever the thing is (laughs) as comfortable as I am to done (laughs) with it. And once I get to that point, then I put it in the publish bin and it sits in the publish bin until it's scheduled time to go out. That makes sense. Have you found yourself writing more because of this? Actually, yes, which is kind of strange. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) I would say it's a good thing. The the odd thing I have found is I write on occasion, like I'll write random sentences for an article on my phone, which is not something I think I've ever done. Like I'll I, I quite frequently would have an idea like a certain sentence. You you get this. You have a paragraph or something that comes to your mind I'm like, I have no idea what article this is gonna go to. I have no idea where it would fit in the grand scheme of what I do, but I think it's a really cool paragraph. Exactly. And I will write that thing down, dump it into ideas, or if I have the thought as to where it should go on my way to dump it into ideas, I'll put it in on a specific article. But most of the time it just goes into that ideas bin. But yeah, it, it's strange how I've I've started doing some more of that sort of thing in like I'll write it in drafts but I've got a an action there that lets me copy it and then opens up Ulysses and then I can dump it in wherever I want I'm a bit hesitant to have it automatically create something in the ideas bin because I know listeners it's probably the first thing you're thinking why not just send it directly there well you can but I'm not always certain that's where I want it to go, and I sometimes don't make the decision as to where I want it to go until Ulysses is on its way open. So I'd rather not do that. So I just do that part manually. Where else would it go? Well, for, for example, like I've got an article right now that I'm writing for the pro side of the guild that's uh, about Bartender which is a utility I use to collapse a lot of the the menu icons. And I love that thing. But I've got a lot of ideas that I want to to talk about in an article for that. Well, earlier today I had two or three sentences that I felt like would fit really well in that article. Ah, uh, I understand. But I didn't realize they would fit in that article until I was halfway over there. It was just this like connector-type sentence structure. Yeah, I get it.
1: You mean that so there's a lot of times when you're writing something and it isn't an original concept just for its own sake. It might be adding on to something that you've been thinking through already and you've already
0: written about that makes sense right, yeah, right. and then I want to like I want to put it in a very specific sheet in Ulysses. I mean, if it's a random idea, yeah, I get where I could just dump a new sheet into the ideas bin but or group, try to use the right terms uh, but I I don't know. I like the flexibility of keeping it open. Have you found yourself using any of
1: the the additional functionality like goals where you can track
0: your word count? Uh yeah. I I tend to like with some of my articles, I know I want this one to be 500 or better. And yeah, I'll put a goal on that just because I like seeing the little green circle.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those dumb things, right? I mean, it doesn't really do a whole lot. You could definitely just have a word count at the bottom that lists how many words it is. But man, filling in that green circle always feels so good, doesn't it?
0: It does. And it's it's interesting to me how that, because in Sublime Text, I have a... A package installed on that is what they call them, but it's essentially a plug that goes into it that gives me the word count all the time at the bottom, like a status menu, if you will. Mm-hmm. It tells me the number of characters, how many words, how many paragraphs. It gives me all of that at the bottom, and I have for a long time used that to gauge the length of an article, and I always try to shoot for about 10% more words than what I want to end up with, so... <laughs> Okay, I want this one to be 500, so I'm going to try to write 550. So it's kind of nice for me to, to have the goal thing. Yeah, I like the little green circle. It's kind of fun. One
1: of the nicest things that it has as far as a counting metric is the fact that you can actually have it list the length of time it would take to read it aloud. Oh. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but oh, that is that has come in handy several times, uh, especially when you are creating something for a presentation. Just being able to say, oh, this thing, I know how many words it is, but I don't know how long it's going to take me to get through it. And you can actually set a goal uh, to be a certain amount of minutes when read aloud. And I use, that, I use that way more often than you might think.
0: That's interesting. I've never really thought about those that way. I always just thought, I was like, oh, that's a fun number to know. <laughs> I've never really thought about actually using it for speaking. That's a good point. I may do that now.
1: Yeah, it's nice. When I would write a review for tools and toys on a camera or a gadget, I can write all day about it because I want to describe the features and the details and the the technical specs, but at the same time, I know that there 's only so many minutes that someone 's going to dedicate to reading this this blog article this review uh, so that's that 's really helpful Th- Those kinds of details are really what make me love ulysses it 's very full featured but all of those features are hidden away in a way that it doesn't it doesn 't keep you
0: from the text, they all feel very optional in the best sense of the word. So one thing I wish they would do is let me use emoji for the icons. Oh, me too. That's what I really want. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want that as well. The icons are really cool. Like, I like that idea. And I i had kind of done that already with some of the folder structures in um, in Sublime Text, because I would just put an emoji in the, in the folder name <laughs> for it. Right. <laughs> and that seemed to work pretty well for me. But yeah, I, I like the icon idea. I kind of just want color with it. Don't know why. Yeah, and I mean it's it's a limited amount of icons, which is always a
1: bummer. I find myself reaching sometimes trying to find the right icon for the right thing and, and repeating them again and again, which is which is never so fun. So you saw that I did that, right? I set up a bunch of emoji folders and different stuff. I set it up in Apple Notes and Day One and uh Overcast in a few different places. Right, right. The splash of color really helps you differentiate things and Yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good in Ulysses as well.
0: One place I use emoji that's a bit strange is uh, the groups of actions inside of drafts. Really? So I know you've... Continue to want to use drafts. It's on, it's on
1: my. It's on my phone again. I downloaded it probably for the second time since we. I downloaded it when we first talked about it. Tried it, deleted it, and then about a week ago I downloaded it again. I just opened it right now and it has all of the like. Let us access your so and so's So I haven't. I downloaded it and never once opened it. But here we go. I'm I'm opening it again.
0: Anyways, you use emojis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So whenever you hit the action icon to actually do something with your text, there's the groupings. And I, I forget what it is. Like some of them are social, some of them is just general, but they, these they're spelled out. And like I have a list of ideas, actions that I want to use or some that are specific to our church. Uh, I've got a whole set of them for searching things. So, like, I've got it set up to where if I want to search the App Store or iTunes, Google, Amazon, like, I always pull up drafts right away and type whatever it is I want to search for there and then hit the search button huh. from the action. So I've got a series of, what is there, nine of these that I have, and I just do all the searching there. But all of my icons for the groups at the top are emoji, so it's it condenses them down so that they I don't have to scroll the list of... Groups to get to what I want. That was the primary reason. Speaking of multiple apps, though, I mean, that's still my problem with Ulysses, and I love it. But every
1: single time that I open it up, I feel a bit confused because I I find myself vacillating back and forth between Apple Notes and Ulysses for different stuff. Speaking of Sean Blanc earlier, it, he seems like he's really gone all in with Ulysses, sort of the way that people used to go all in with Evernote, in the sense that he has his simple everyday notes in it just as much as his huge projects. But for me, I just I've never done that. All of my simple notes and little snippets of text and all of that have gone into Apple Notes, and Ulysses is for like more serious bits of writing. But it still feels weird to have two text editors that I'm using side by side. And then also, I mean, three, when I incorporate day one into the mix, because that's where I keep journal entries and different bits of text that are more personal. So I, I do wish that I could just use one thing, but there, there's something nice about having separate separate apps for separate tasks. It just feels kind of excessive to have three word processors.
0: It sounds like crazy making to me. <laughs> yeah, you only use one.
1: Everything's in Ulysses now for you?
0: I moved, so I was using a bit of NVALT alt for like the quick text Uh, text files just random bits here and there and that always felt kind of strange to me because I wanted those in sublime text the problem was it was really hard to just create files that quickly in sublime text it was usually you know you got to hit a keyboard shortcut and then name it and rename it and it was just not super simple Uh, whereas with NVALT, alt it was very easy to jump up to the search bar type the new thing hit enter and start typing like Mm. it was just that quick right And I always wanted to consolidate the two. Ulysses finally does that for me. So whenever I think about trying to separate things, I tend to think of (laughs) that experience and the lack of conflict, I guess, in my brain right now, because I don't have to worry about that. It's just already, it's easy. It's just right there in Ulysses. And even to the point I have, so control option command U will show or hide Ulysses on my computer now. Oh, wow. It's it's gone it's gone that far, Drew.
1: Yeah, that's that's serious stuff. It's definitely on my home screen on my iPhone and iPad in my dock on my iPad, and basically the first thing that I open in the morning. So it has it has a big part of my life as well. It also has some great um, great three D touch menu on the iPhone. I don't know if you ever really use those or not. D- do you have a phone that lets you do three D
0: touch? Yes, I have a 6S. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: It lets you really quickly open up a new sheet or look at the stuff that you've just recently done or search your entire library. And um, it's one of the few apps that I use 3D Touch shortcuts with quite often.
0: Do you have Launch Center Pro? No, I don't. Do you have Workflow?
1: Mm, I, I'm, <laughs> I, don't, I don't use any of those programs as often as I should.
0: <laughs> what do you use your phone for? <laughs> That's what I started thinking.
1: mm mm-mm. I use it for
0: apps, my friend. I just open them without <laughs> any any special help. So I use 3D Touch on both Launch Center Pro and Workflow multiple times a day, and it's primarily to do things very quickly. Like, Take, for example, if I want to start, start reading a new book, well, I want to create a new... Now it's a new sheet in Ulysses. I have a group for books. So I've got it to where I can 3D Touch the Workflow... App icon, and there's a button there. New book in Ulysses. Mm. You tap on that, and it automatically asks me for the book title and author, and then it creates the new sheet automatically where it belongs in Ulysses. That's cool. I I used to love Launch Center Pro. I just
1: the problem with the problem with that kind of stuff for me is anything that feels like a hack gets on my nerves. If it does something that feels kind of strange or just doesn't flow perfectly. It for some reason makes my entire experience with it less than optimal. So I used to really love Launch Center Pro when it first came out because it did so many things that you just couldn't do or were so cumbersome to do without it. But I feel like at this point, most of the apps that I use do a pretty decent job of exposing those features or those needs themselves. And the ones that don't, don't let me anyways. A good example of that is Spotify. <laughs> I really wish that I could... Every single time that I open Spotify, what I'm doing is starting Discover Weekly. Basically, 99% of the time, that's what I do. So I open up Spotify, I go to Discover Weekly, and I push play. And it'd be amazing if I could create something that would do all of that for me and just start playing it immediately. But as far as I can tell, Spotify won't allow for that. So that that's where I get frustrated as I go in search of those things, find out that they don't exist, and then walk away from it entirely
0: can you get a url to that spotify playlist
1: i know that you can you can share the discover weekly playlist because you can like you can see it yourself but that's not going to help you play it immediately on an iphone it'll help me play it immediately on my amazon echo but not on my phone while i'm getting in the car that kind of stuff man i mean that is the to me that that's the thing that i'm the, the most excited about with stuff like uh, Siri suggestions and just some of the stuff that feels sort of predictive in iOS 10 and 11, I would give a lot for it to be even more smart about what it sees me doing and just bring that to the forefront of the phone as soon as I do something. Oh, I see that every time you get in the car, you play this playlist. Let me just go ahead and start the playlist for you. Oh, I see you're at the gym and you start a podcast. Let me start a podcast for you. That kind of thing. And I feel like that's not too far down the road, but as of right now it doesn't exist entirely.
0: See, this is where being a developer changes your perspective on this because I know it's all hacked together already. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, that's not wrong. If you ever see the back end of things, you will be am- like you'll sit and wonder how on earth the internet still works. Like it's <laughs> like this stuff is so cobbled together. It's it's funny to me because There are so many, like, best practices on how you should develop things. And at the end of the day, like, you miss a comma, you miss a semicolon, and the whole thing falls to pieces. Right? Like, that is how fragile that stuff can be. So whenever I think about things like Launch Center Pro or Workflow, it's just me adding features to the phone is all it is. And it's basically me taking control of it and building my own thing. So, like, when you mentioned the Spotify thing, my first reaction was, well, can I get it to where I 3D Touch, say, Launch Center Pro tap that button and it automatically pulls it up you hit play and you're done like that's what i start to think of versus trying to open up spotify go select the playlist and then hit play like you're trying to remove an entire step out of the process but i'm okay with stuff like that it doesn't sound like you are
1: Nah, i'm not into it the more simple it is the more likely that i am to continue using it let's just take them as an example i just downloaded launch center pro looked up spotify and the the ability that you have is to launch Spotify, obviously, search. So I think you can create some sort of search and it'll automatically populate the search field for you or open settings. So not quite what I'm looking for. And I, that's not their fault. That's Spotify's fault for not adding that kind of functionality. And I feel like that's where a lot of apps are these days. It felt like for a while, everything was going in a really good direction in the sense of URL schemes, right? That's what it's called? Yeah. Right. In terms of URL schemes and all of that sort of stuff, it seemed like every app was really incorporating it. And then it seemed like it reached a peak and then apps started removing them and it just became less and less of a thing. So I don't think that that's going to be where I end up anytime soon.
0: I'm looking it up. I want to know because with something like Spotify and Discover Weekly, it has to... It has to somehow do that search via URL scheme because that's all that Launch Center Pro is able to do is launch URLs. So that would tell me that even that Spotify search thing would get it pulled up. I just tried it. It doesn't actually work out the way I thought it would. But that's, that's, what, that's what I was starting to think is like, okay, does this work the way I think it will? I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm going to keep playing with it because now I'm curious as to how to, how to do that.
1: Another example of this is with HomeKit. iOS 11 added some really nice new features with HomeKit that I've been enjoying. Just simple stuff like I have a HomeKit-powered thermostat, and that thermostat is one of those nice ones where it has an electric screen, and the electric screen is off until you walk up to it and the motion you know turns the screen on. Since it's motion-activated, you can actually use that motion sensor in HomeKit to do cool stuff. So I set up a, a automatic thing where... If that motion sensor does not detect any motion at 2 a.m., you can assume everyone's in bed and just make sure all the lights are turned off. So that's cool, and I really like that. And then as I started setting up more stuff, I was still kind of frustrated with a few of the things that seem, like, really obvious to me that just don't exist. Something that I would love is for the ability to have lights fade in really easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of just, it's sunset, now all the lights are on at full blast— be smart enough to start gently fading those lights up if they're on dimmers over like the course of half an hour
0: can you can you do that with like ifttt can you do something like that with that
1: you can do it with uh, Philips phillips hue so phillips hue bulbs will allow you to do it and i mean what i found out is i guess you could hack it and you could say hey at this time set it to this percentage and at this time set it to a slightly higher percentage and keep doing that over and over and over again but again it's that kind of stuff where it's like well that's not That's not exactly what I want. That's how it feels to me. It feels like we're in this time where we have all this new functionality and all these things that are making like just simple tasks more convenient than ever or more automated than ever. But at the same time, we're still missing huge chunks of what is actually necessary for it to be extremely useful. I mean, that's like voice AI in a nutshell, you know, Siri and Alexa and all of these super cool. If you know exactly what to say But if you don't know exactly what to say,
0: then it ends up being more frustrating than it needs to be. So I pulled up the Discover Weekly playlist on my phone. (laughs) Okay, cool. Good, good, good. Because I can't help myself Uh and I have to do this while you're talking. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So I pulled this up and I hit the little dot, dot, dot thing in the top right. Uh I hit share. I hit copy to like the copy of the link. Mm -hmm. I go over to Launch Center Pro, create a new action, paste that in as the URL and then I ran that action, and it pulled up that playlist immediately to where you could then hit play. Okay. Okay, I'm into this. This is good. And so couldn't I just put that on my home screen? Uh, yes. You can then take that and make it a button on your home screen. Yep. Oh, Joe.
1: I mean, hey, you're you're proving
0: me wrong here and I'm not mad about it whatsoever. <laughs> I'm going to get you back into these like hardcore pro user apps. Cause, <laughs> and if like if Launch Center Pro doesn't do it, I know Workflow will as far as putting it on the home screen. Like I know you could do the same thing. You could just tell Workflow to launch a URL. It would work the same way.
1: And I mean, that is the funny thing, right? Is like, how much time is this actually going to save me? Not a whole lot, but at the same time, it's just, it's so convenient and so nice to have that kind of stuff. Right.
0: And that's, you know, saving time is not the point. Yeah, This is, (laughs) it's about convenience later on and you'll actually use it more. Like the example I use on this is Launch Center Pro. I have it set up with like start and stop timer deals such that I can start logging time for a specific client. And what it does is it asks me the time I want to start, but it defaults to right now. And when I hit OK, it sends an API call out that adds a row to a Google sheet and logs the time, the client, everything. And I can do the same thing to stop it. So it does the start and stop thing for me. I would probably not log time for clients if it wasn't for that fact Yeah, that it was that easy. So it's just a 3D touch, tap it, done. Do you use something like uh, Toggle for that or is it just... No, Toggle's too much. Like all these other apps that are built for it, they're not easy enough to start and stop things to me. Like it, it takes too much. Like I would literally want to put the app icon right on the home screen and be able to just tap it and done. Like That's what I would want to do with so it. So do you just have it go to like a, a text file somewhere? Uh, in this case, it's literally making an API call. To what, though? Yeah, Google Docs, all of that stuff. They have a... There's a way you can set up like an API endpoint for them and tell it what to do with them. So you can actually write the code on the back end to tell it what to do with that call when it comes in.
1: I mean, that's a great example of something that's really simple, though, and very, very helpful because I'm the same way. I know that if I set up this crazy system for logging time, I'm just never going to end up doing it. Or more likely, I will try to do it and then end up having a timer that runs for like 48 hours because I totally forgot to turn it off. (laughs) So having having little buttons that just do that kind of stuff for you would be way, way better. And I've thought about investigating that. That's actually the last thing that I was using workflow for, was setting up exactly what you are talking about. The the, the stuff that I was finding, because again, I have to scavenge on the internet like a, I don't know, I was going to say scavenger, but I already used that word. But I have to scavenge around (laughs) on the internet trying to find workflows that I can adapt for my own purposes. I don't know enough about it to actually make my own. But the one that I saw was a text file. You would turn on the timer and turn off the, the timer and it would send all this data to a a text file in Dropbox or something like that, which is, that's that's useful too. I mean, that's all good stuff.
0: I have a bunch. I pulled up Workflow because I just wanted to see what all do I have here? And probably the one I use the most, uh, I just called it Headed Headed Home, and it calculates my drive time and texts my wife that I'm leaving and how long it's going to take me to get home. That way she knows when to expect me. The There's that. I've got one that takes, it's kind of a fun one because I read enough books and I want to make sure I get through them in a week. So I have one that I can (laughs) launch it, tell it what the title of the book is, tell it who the author is, tell it how many pages are in the book, what day I'm going to start reading it and what day I want to be done reading it, and it will calculate how many pages I need to read per day and create individual tasks and put them in OmniFocus for me. (laughs) so that way i know dang on this day i need to read pages one through 37 on day two i need to read 38 through 74 like it it goes through and gives me each individual task for that Hmm. so yeah workflow i can blow a lot of time there (laughs) yeah one of the ones
1: that i had that i i really enjoyed i made it a a long time ago but and i I don't use it anymore but for a while i was keeping a morning journal and a evening journal that it was something that i read through i think tim ferris but like a, a simple 5 minute thing where you you answer the same questions every day sort of these writing prompts and then you answer a different set of questions at the end of the day that kind of make you reflect on what you what you did and i was getting really annoyed with trying to figure out exactly how i would like automate that for myself like do i create a new note every day that's duplicated with that information or whatever and i set up a workflow and it was it was great i really loved it i should dig it up and And try it again because it was awesome. I would just open up the workflow and it would prompt me. And I would just, you know, put my answers in the text prompts. And then at the end of it, it would spit it out as a really nice looking day one entry. So, I mean, man, I am aware that workflow and these things are really useful. And you can find some great, great ways to... To use them in creative implementations. I, I just find myself wandering away from them sooner or later and, you know, <laughs> cre- spending all this time creating a workflow, using it a few times and then forgetting it exists entirely. So that that's on me.
0: Yeah, the trick is knowing what to build that you'll use frequently. Like the, I have a handful, like the book tasks thing. I've got like templated projects and I keep the templates in text files. Keep those in iCloud and then it'll pull that text file and then create an OmniFocus project out of that text file. But Workflow does all that and it's all just one tap and I'm done and I can create the project for the next Whims at Work episode. Like those sorts of things save me a ton of time and I know that those are well worth spending the time building them. Like I've got a few of them here where (laughs) one of which is a workflow that if you send a link to this workflow, it will grab the title of the URL itself, so whatever the the title of the article is. It will search that page for a Twitter handle and then show you a list of the Twitter handles on that page <laughs> and <laughs> allow you to share it with that title, the link, and the Twitter handle because I'm too lazy to actually copy and paste the all that stuff together to create a tweet out of it. I don't really use this much anymore because I don't really share links like that much anymore, but it was something I used to do a lot. So <laughs> yeah, you can blow <laughs> way too much time on this stuff. Yeah, you can. There's some of those like, yeah, that thing's kind of fun. It, it, it does some interesting things, but I don't really use it. I don't use it much anymore, but when it comes to like projects, tasks, you know, little bits like send the last photo I took to my iCloud inbox, because sometimes I'll take pictures of a a poster or a document or something and I want to add it to my calendar later while I'm too lazy to put it into my calendar right then. So I just take the picture, drop it into my inbox and I'm done. I do some stuff like that, but I do it with workflow. All right. Well, I'll spend some time checking these out. I need to, I'll I'll get back (laughs) in it. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm going to have to give you a bunch of these links now for the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. But I'll I'll work on getting Discover Weekly on my homepage first. (laughs) Okay. Man, you're bringing me back with Launch Center, though, dude. That That was like the only thing in my dock for years.
0: So, yeah, and here's my concern with Launch Center Pro. They've not updated that thing in a long time. Right. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's, in my opinion, it's probably on its way out. I love that app and use it all the time, multiple times a day. Everything that it does, I can technically do through workflow and then some. So it's kind of a duplicate, but at the same time, it's nice just having a screen full of icons that I can hit and do that. I've actually been debating, because I only use a single page worth of apps on my phone, I've debated having a second that just has icons for all this stuff. That way I'm not 3D touching or going into them. It's one less app. Granted, you got to swipe, but I've debated doing that. And now that I'm saying it, I probably will. Okay, so
1: here's the deal, though, is that you and I, we're very much on the edge. We care a lot about these things, so we'll, we'll go through great lengths to to do it. And, you know, the difference between you and I, I feel like, is that you have more of that engineering brain, that more technical mentality. You even said it, you know. There are things that you you know they're already hacks, so you're not worried about adding an additional layer of hackiness on top of it. And I'm at the other end where... I really like making this kind of stuff exist, but I'm I'm a bit bougie about it. I really want it to be perfect and aesthetically nice and you know I just set up a workflow to open Spotify and it takes you to workflow and it takes you to this other thing and it just looks kind of janky going from the the button to Spotify. There's a lot of screens in between. And even that just look just I don't know, it just kind of weirds me out. But that being said, you know there's just no way that people that are less technically inclined to do, to do this kind of stuff are going to set up workflows and uh, launch Center Pro shortcuts for themselves. And that's that's the problem, isn't it? Is that this is stuff that works for us, but I don't know. It just is never going to really reach the, the, the mainstream. People aren't going to spend a bunch of time making this kind of stuff exist for them. I'm never going to be able to convince my wife, Christine, to make a bunch of workflows to make her life easier. And that's that's a bummer. I wish that it was more accessible in a way.
0: Yeah, I think there's, there's something to that because there's a lot of what I do that's well out of reach of most people. How many people do you know that have a subdomain off their own website to connect APIs together? Right, exactly. <laughs> you, you don't run across that very often. So what I have learned is that Stuff like this, apps like Workflow, apps like Launch Center Pro, you know, even editorial, some of these things, Apple Scripts, all that stuff. It's the sort of thing that folks like me tend to go build and share, and then other people can take them and run with them. Like the, like even you, you've mentioned before that even on this specific episode that you like to take other people's and then build off of them right. instead of trying to create them yourself. Whereas I'm the other way around, I would rather build it myself. Even if I find somebody who's done something very similar, I'm more apt to rebuild it just because I know I can't always trust that they did it the the most efficient and the right way. So it may be more prone to breaking. So I'm a little bit, I, I get a little nervous <laughs> whenever I don't know the full process. Now I could run through the whole thing if it's short and it's simple. Yeah, I could probably run with that. But I I just know that. Typically, I'm the type that's going to go build some of these things and then hand them off to the general public and let them run with it and make changes to them and do whatever they want with it. That's, and I, I appreciate I appreciate your existence in that sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a lot of folks like me. I mean, look at Federico. I mean, he does this all the time. That's true. And, you know, I've got on the pro side of the guild, there's a whole section dedicated to this sort of thing where these things get shared very frequently so it's the sort of thing that i'm aware that this stuff is not necessarily easy to the general public and i have a tendency to write this sort of thing and i've just learned there's a little bit of a value there to that so trying to find ways to share it but it seems like a lot of maybe not a lot of but it seems like there's a a large number of podcasters and people in the the on the public side of uh, content creation. I know you love that phrase. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of that sort of thing that we tend to build this sort of stuff and then share it. So I feel like there's enough of that out there that makes it potentially worthwhile for the general public. This is why like, even Drafts has like an action directory where you can go look things up that other people have created. To me, those types of things are huge because otherwise it's so hard to get into the app to begin with. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, maybe I
1: just need to be. Uh, maybe I got too into it for a, a, a long time, and then I I got a bit burned out, and I just need to to give it some some more of my mental space again. But I, I think also too, a thing for me is just the fact that um, at this point, the iPad is a bit of a different beast from the iPhone in a way that. The things that I do on the iPad aren't the things that I do on the iPhone, so it feels like I have to do double the work to make something work on both places. Um, and it just feels like I don't know. We're in a bit of a transitory time where things are constantly being developed and changing. And I, I think at one point I felt very set in my in in the things that I did. For example, I used to have a bunch of Launch Center Pro shortcuts for Evernote, but Now I don't use Evernote anymore. So obviously those shortcuts don't do me any good anymore. And I think maybe even some of that has to do with the way that I feel a bit ambivalent about these workflows is that I'm never exactly sure if the thing that I'm building today is going to be something that I'm even utilizing in a week's time. And that makes me feel a bit less interested in investing all of this research into optimizing something that I'm not sure will make it in the long run to begin with. So here's this.
0: This might help you. I I don't build a workflow more than about every two months, maybe every three months. Like I don't build these things all the time. I'm only doing that whenever I notice something that would that I'm doing repeatedly. That that's a big piece here. Don't don't do something that you're gonna like. I, I'm gonna automate the way that I pull all of my tax information together. Right. To me, that doesn't make sense because you're only doing it once a year. So it, it's not worth. The time investment up front to completely automate that. Now, if you're automating something that pulls numbers into your monthly budget, that I could see, but not if it's that irregular at the at the yearly side of things. But at the same time, you know, going back to what you were talking about, the iPad and the iPhone turn to to duplicate things. Personally, I don't see that as worth it at all, because <laughs> I, I tend to see them as very different devices, and things sync so easily and quickly that I tend to not worry about it. Like, for example, I started reading a new book here a couple days ago, and I wanted to create the notes file that I was going to use for it in Ulysses, but I was on my Mac to do that, but I've got the shortcut on my phone. So I just pulled up my phone, did the action quick to get it created, and then I went back over to my Mac and started writing down the quote that I wanted to do in that sheet because it just synced over immediately. Like there's things like that where I tend to use them in conjunction as opposed to trying to make sure that I can do every feature on every device because then you're just spending way too much time on it Mm through.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, all right, I'll, I'll think more about this and we'll see if by the time that we record next, I have a, a bunch of. A bunch of workflows on my home screen.
0: <laughs> Report back on mm-hmm. every, ti- all the time. Like, do some time logging. On yeah. <laughs> I will time, time, time log workflows.
1: how much I spend making workflows and how much time I spend using workflows to be sure.
0: You got to build the workflows to log the time that you're spending. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. We're so really meta here.